0: Podcast is part of the sports social podcast network Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter my name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Dolan Hello and Dave Watson hey hi how are, how are you I'm good I'm good I've just had haggis for dinner <sighs> <I don't know. laughs> I don't know. I just, every, every day is just a series of bad choices. I think it's all just, it's, everything's just part of some midlife crisis. And tonight I had haggis for dinner and now I'm thinking whiskey. I don't know what <laughs> I'm doing. Most people, so, a,
1: most people get a sports car or have an affair <laughs> and a haggis.
0: I think what happened is yesterday was Burns night, right? Yeah. And I just suddenly decided that that's the thing I need to participate in. Like, oh it's burnt night, I've got to have haggis. <laughs> like, like that's something everyone in the country does. Yeah, it's not quite wow. pancake day, is it? No, I mean there was haggis and Morrison's, and I was like, oh, I just fell for consumerism. I was just like, oh I suppose we're I suppose we're having haggis then, aren't we? <laughs> what do you have it with? I just had it, I didn't do the full I just did mashed potatoes. tatties. Yeah. yeah, I just did mashed potatoes and some spring greens. Mm, lovely. I like haggis. I, I, I don't. I do actually. I do, I do like haggis as well, Dave. But I'm not sure my colon does. Um, <laughs> so since we last did a podcast, it, it's been much of the same, really. Two more games, no goal goals conceded, one goal scored and mm-hmm. one step further to our first cup final in uh, what is it exactly over 20 years so pretty pretty good it's been pretty good since the last podcast right dave
2: yeah yeah I, I, I mean briefly skirting over like on the crystal palace game i think that you know we we created lots of chances we just didn't put them away i think one thing that since the World Cup, I think Wilson, Bruno, and controversially, I think Kieran Trippier, they've all been below the standard that they set before the World Cup. Wilson, like the is the worst offender. But the other two just they don't look as sharp. They don't look as they just look jaded, like they need a
0: rest. I don't want to start on a negative Paul. What do you think?
1: I don't know. I I agree about Wilson. He looks. I don't know if he's struggling after whatever the virus was he had because he he doesn't look fully fit. I don't think he looks necessarily tired. He just doesn't look up to speed. I mean, Bruno sharp. got
0: man, sharp. I believe, yeah,
1: the phrase the professionals use. Bruno got man of the match against Southampton. I think Bruno's just getting less time on the ball, but he's still pulling all the strings in midfield. It's just that thing of. He's not a new signing anymore. Other teams know he's a massive threat. So as soon as he gets the ball, there's like two players on him. And yeah. Trippier's is still like the second highest rated player in the league at, for every position.
2: Absolutely. All I'm saying is that their standards, the standards that they set before the World Cup were so high, they were, you know, stratospheric. But little things like... He, Bruno's not getting on the ball as much, and he's not influencing games as much as he, as much as he did. He's still really influential, but he's just a little bit off where he was. And Trippier, it's just like little passes going astray. The delivery from set pieces isn't what it was. Just little, just that little like you know, four or 5% off Wilson as a huge drop off. He's not running into the channels. He's not causing the defenders a whole heap of problems. He's not making the runs in the box that he used to. He's just not, he's not being effective.
0: In the Southampton game, Joe Linton was getting the sort of chances that you would expect Callum Wilson to be in place for, right? Ed Fosco says, uh, this is on Twitter, he says, our defence is fantastic both in not conceding and adding attacking threats, but we have lacked goals in recent matches. Does bringing ASM in unbalance the starting team too much or is his ability to be different exactly what we need to break down teams that park the bus?
1: I think the difference the thing about ASM is when he's come on in recent games he's not really done enough to make you think well he has to be starting soon but against Southampton he did but what he was direct as he usually is but he was actually making quite good decisions as well there were a lot of his passing game seems a lot stronger he was making better choices rather than just trying to beat 11 players I think he probably does have to start the next game I think the Joel Linton further forward is going to get more chances, and that's a bit of a worry because Joel Linton will miss a good fifty percent chances.
0: <laughs> Missed an absolute yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. But unbelievable. I think
1: Joel Linton is better as a central midfielder, and just his work rate and the ground he covers does enough to cover any defensive frailties from St. Maximin. I mean, we might see it might be that sort of raffers blanket thing that we're just too open if we've got St. Maximin up front. But I think our midfield, I don't think we can have a front five that includes all three of Longstaff, Willock and Joe Linton, and keep wondering why we're not putting chances away. We've yeah. got too many players he can't finish. Joelinton seems to have the best Format of all of them in front of goal, despite having one big sit and miss in front of him or in him every game.
0: Willock and particularly Longstaff seem to be competing for who can kick the ball highest. <laughs> <or not. laughs> I saw someone
1: on Twitter saying, "I think it was Joe Willock wearing a pair of nine irons on his feet." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it was the the Palace game where we had, I think it was like two or three really good chances within the first five minutes. And one of them was to Longstaff at the, the far post. And he just, just put it wide. But I think the, the, what I would hope is that if St. Maximum did return to the, 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 the field, you'd see either Willock or, well, you'd see Willock dropped essentially. And then you've still got the energy from Joe Linton and Longstaff, and you've still got Bruno pulling the strings. But like you say, Paul, Jolins on that left-hand side of that midfield three to provide a bit of support to to, to some action, who, to be fair, he is showing more to his all-round game. It's just that he's still coming back from an injury or an illness, whatever it was. So he's not match fit. I think the bigger change I would make is Isaac's got to start
0: ahead of Wilson. Yeah. I I just want to acknowledge that uh, we've started, and I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but we've started quite negatively when you consider that Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup aside, we're still unbeaten for a very long period of time, Nick Pope hasn't conceded a goal for 10 games (laughs) that is insane we we have uh, one foot in uh, the League Cup final, but I think we all, I think most Newcastle fans it was the last couple of games where we all kind of went, well, this is still good, but we can acknowledge now that although everything is going very well, there are some obvious things that could be improved. And it's always the case. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Listen to a a Man City or probably even an Arsenal podcast. There'll be something that they're complaining about.
1: But I think as well, if we're trying to hold on to a top four spot, I, you can't have the mentality of, well, drawing, drawing's enough. Mm. Like, oh, well, we missed a load of chances, but we, we'll pick the same 11 again and keep trying. I think St. Maximin should have probably started the Palace games. I think the defensive cover you've got from having Dan Byrne at left back who's not really going to get forward that much, and Joel Linton in midfield. I don't think... It felt like we were set up worrying about what Joel Ward the Palace right back was going to be doing to our defence yeah. whereas actually i think we look more solid defensively on the left side when st machman's playing because whoever the right back
0: is up against
1: him doesn't get forward because they're
0: more it's a weird it's, a weird it's a weird place that we've got to isn't it that i, I don't remember a time like this ever no. supporting newcastle when we are basically a never conceding team and a mm. very low scoring team it's, it, it's like i don't know how long this will last but I, I i remember when we first signed bruno and uh i guess it was it was it long stuff shelby and joe linton who were the three in the middle mm. who yeah who were playing well and uh It was just working. We were getting results and Eddie Howe was very loath to change that. And I I think he's the same now. He's like, well, this is working and therefore it's very difficult for players, even of the quality of Isak and St. Matsumen, to to break into the first 11. But I think we're reaching the point now where it... Hmm surely that's yeah. gone. But I think the out.
1: way he's done it is right as well. Like you can't keep a squad happy without doing that. Like Everyone in our squad feels that if they stay on top of their game, they're going to keep their place. Like Sean Longstaff started almost every game, hasn't he?
2: Almost, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the the other thing is that the way that we've played, certainly against like Leicester, Fulham, Palace and Southampton – we're creating chances in all of them to just fall into the wrong, the, yeah. the or, e- even when they were falling to like like Willock or or, or Joel Linton or Sean Lockwood, these these players should have been able to put away a lot of the chances because they've been good chances. So Eddie Howe is well within his rights to say, well, why am I going to change? Because I'm not losing games. I'm you know winning some of them. It's it's tight but I'm not conceding and I'm creating a
0: stack of chances. Why would I change? Well, because out of the last four league games, mm-hmm. we haven't conceded a goal, but we've had three draws and um, we've dominated, except for the Arsenal game, we've yeah. dominated each of those games. So there's a there's a problem when you have... Uh, a relatively high XG, but you're not actually scoring the goals, that's a problem. Yeah. So you have yeah. to. So, at, at oh, I, I agree. Consider, and I, I know you agree. We've got at some point you have to change the personnel. And I think we all agree mm. that it's, it's time to get Isak in. And I would suggest that's probably a straight swap for Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. But and I mean, it, it's also a sure. shame this sort of tail off in terms of goals is basically coincided with Almiron has has dropped off from being mbappe temporary he was a temporary <laughs> mbappe i
1: thought he looked closer to mbappe at the in the southampton game than he has since the international break though yeah i think yeah. he looked back to his best just didn't score
2: I think I think just to touch on something because when I mentioned about like Bruno and Trippier and Wilson earlier on, I think Bruno and Trippier are further along the path to recovery, which is why we're seeing better from Almirón because those those two are the other two points of that triangle that yeah. work so well on the right hand side. And when they're off their game, even by a little bit, I'm not I'm not saying they've been shit. Um, his suffers. I mean, I want to talk about the Southampton game more because the there are quite a few like instant incidents in there like the the two handballs, like the um the sending off um so there's quite a lot to talk about there so
0: absolutely dave you're allowed to do that we'll talk about some, some specifics but um why don't we talk about those specifics after the break, all your teeth. We'll have a quick break, and then we will talk about the goal. We'll talk about any specific things that Dave wants to talk about, in the game. and uh, there is much else to talk about, uh, including the potential signing of everyone's favourite, every Newcastle fan's favourite Premier League player. Has to be <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to the Newcastle NASA. We've still got some specifics to talk about uh, from the Southampton game, including the goal, which felt like it might be coming. But yeah. it, it we never knew if it was actually going to arrive. And it did, I would say, courtesy of Alexander Isak, although the goal is attributed to Joe Linton. It was Isak who who made it. Very impressive. Am I right, Dave? Yeah.
2: Well, I don't think that's controversial at all. He 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 laid it on a plate. He, it was all him. Bit of pace, bit of strength, good technique. Picked his pass. He picked his pass brilliantly, by the way. He, he checked a few times to see where Joe Linton was and where he was going to be. Fantastic laid it on an absolute plate. And this time, this time, Joe Linton, Got it into the net, so I do think I do think Joel Linton was robbed from of a goal in the first half. But you know, we
0: are where uh, we are. I'm very impressed by Isak. He seems like I just I don't really know, but I get the. He just seems like one of them really smart Scandinavian teenagers. Is probably like he's probably grade eight violin as well. <laughs> 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 Do, do, do you know what I mean? Just them, the, those, the Scandinavians who are just like. But why would I drink at a bus stop? There's so many good books to read.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you mean. Somehow, <laughs> you know I'm getting that, don't you? Yeah, I think he looks. He looks such a an unusual mix of talents as well. Like mm. He looks. Skillful, strong, fast. Have you seen the videos comparing Violin. Henri, violin. <laughs> Go on. Have you seen the videos sort of showing him and Henri alongside each other doing the same thing? It's weird how, how similarly they kind of move as well.
0: So what you're saying is he's the next Henri?
1: Yeah, guaranteed.
0: That would be, that would be good. But I think was, the, the difference oh. he
1: made coming on was sort of shown in that goal. Like, <clears throat> Even though he's playing as a lone striker, he was out in the channels. I don't think we saw that from Wilson once in the whole game.
0: Well, this I is what know. he offers. This is what he offers that Wilson doesn't. And there's nothing wrong with being the sort of striker Wilson is, is supposed to be. When Wilson is at his best, yeah, he's, you, he, you might not notice him for a long time, but he's in the right place at the right time and will get you goals. But Isak is someone who can create chances out of nothing, can make things happen in a way that a player like Wilson can't, right, Dave?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at their respective heat maps, just to get an idea of where they operated across the the pitch, Isaacs, he was on the pitch for less, he was on the pitch for like 25 minutes-ish, and obviously, like, Wilson was on for 65, and Isaac had more touches his heat map was spread across the like the 18 yard box line if you will like like by line like one side to the other and he was dropping deeper whereas uh, wilson's was much more concentrated but a lot fewer touches so the that what you're talking about where he's making his own chances i think that's that's absolutely right and i think that feeds into how the rest of the team plays more than wilson's predatory in the box, you know, poacher type striker. Um I still think there's a place for Wilson. I think he's a he's an excellent finisher and he's, you know, he's a, he's, if he stays fit, he's a one in what, one in two and a half, one in three striker. And I think that's very valuable.
1: Yeah, I think when Wilson's back to fitness, I wouldn't mind at all seeing a front three of Isaac, Wilson and Almiron. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Dave, you wanted to talk about the handball
2: incidents. What well, just in a in a like in a more general thing, which is like the the law of the game seems to be really uh, like mealy mouthed now. Where if if it hits off the hand and then the same player kicks it into the back of the net, it's it's uh, it's a, a handball. But then if it were to like if somebody would handle it in the box and then it rebounded off a defender and then he puts it away. That's allowed. That's a legal thing. And it's like I think Joel Linton, A, I don't think he handled it. I don't think you can tell from that from any of the angles that we saw that there was a definite contact with his hand. So I think the 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 advantage should go to the attacker in that in that regard in those instances. Um and I think with with Adam Armstrong again it's like he hasn't deliberately handled it. It's come off him and he hasn't like, handled but he's gained an advantage
0: from it coming off him. Right? I, I just, that, the that's, the that's
2: my thing. It, it should either be like any, any, any time it, it definitely touches your hand. It's not a goal, which, you know, that's, it's a bit harsh, but at least it's clear or you've got to go into like, like, technology and get some kind of fucking sensor on the ball to work out when it hits what body part or like
0: you know that that was i thought that that was a rule i thought the rule was that if it touches your your hand and that results in a goal it's not a goal
2: if it's it's like if it's not a deliberate um I think it's things like if, if say I were would handball, or if if it were to strike my arm accidentally, and you would to put it away, that's fine. That's a goal. Whereas I think it should either be if it touches the hand of a of an outfield player in the box, it's either a penalty or a free kick the other way. You know, it should be that clear.
0: This is the thing about handball. The hum- this is what I think about VAR actually. Really, because before yes we talked a lot about referees and stuff but basically everyone understood it it's it's an objective thing and you either disagree with the referee you don't but that's it it's like that was a handball or that wasn't a handball but now like you go in if we play football for another 500 years people will still be talking about they will not have solved this because it's it's an impossible thing to get perfection with right it's it's yeah. yeah,
1: I still don't think the current system is much worse than what went before. I think there's a lot of people forgetting how shit refereeing was before VAR. Yeah. like A lot of Danny Bakers just moaning about, oh, the game's controlled by robots now and stadiums are silent as soon as a goal comes in because people are afraid to celebrate because they're going to get arrested by VAR. I think there's a lot of bollocks talked
0: about it. Well, I've talked yeah. about that before about that. I mean, I do strongly feel that it has spoiled celebrating goals. I, I really think it doesn't mean I cannot celebrate at all, but it's like, I think it's it has really spoiled the best part of football, which is celebrating a goal. I don't think
1: because it's a nagging
0: feeling. that well, it might not be a goal. Have you really
1: celebrated less, sort of? Yes. Vocally? Wow. We've had we've had this
0: conversation. Sorry,
2: but like, I, I honestly think though that with the the nagging doubt that it might be ruled out is I'm more aware of that nagging doubt. But I think that nagging doubt's always been there because you know even when it when the offside law changed and it, it became about who's interfering with play and who's not, and that was always before like, there was a nagging
0: doubt of like a quick you could have a quick look at the linesman, yeah, there's no flag. That's it. It's a goal. Yeah. yeah, but no, you've got, you've, you can the see point, them just... do their full celebration and you still know that two minutes later you might find next half and the
1: goal. I think the decisions I mean, not... in the Southampton game aren't really the fault of VAR. No, I, think, I mean... No, I think no. the Adam Armstrong one, VAR has applied the law of the game there. You can't mm-hmm. really have a complaint with that. The only complaint you can have is with the law of the game, not with what happened. And the Joel Linton one... One angle it looks conclusively like it hit his arm. One angle it looks conclusively like it didn't hit his arm. I think whatever the referee gives, VAR isn't going to overturn it. So I think that's yeah. there's not really enough evidence. Okay. There.
0: Well, let's move on from VAR. We cannot finish talking about the the first leg without referencing uh, the red card and what came of that, which is possibly the highlight of the season, which was. Jacob Murphy, hand on hit, <laughs> waving goodbye.
2: Little teapotting him off the, the yeah. pitch. It was fucking brilliant. Was, did, you, I mean... did you catch um, Bruno, like, just full open mouth, laughing in the defender's face as he got the book in? Like, did he catch that as well?
0: I didn't see that. He,
2: like, that Salazar, he must have been doing stuff through the game to have... Like wound up yeah. so many of them, but yeah Jacob so, Murphy, let's go back to that
0: that's fucking yeah. amazing for anyone who questions Jacob Murphy's place in the squad for anyone who is wondering why he gets as many minutes as he does question no more that is <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is his role
1: it was such an odd energy to it as well like, when I saw it in real time, initially I was like he looks quite scared. What's like? It took a while to figure <laughs> out what he was doing. And he like, oh, he's really—he's sort of in character, and he's committing to it. I loved
0: there was a—it it was there was a real confidence to it. Yeah.
2: But did you see Jacob Murphy in the Fulham game, where Marco Silver at the end of the game's like, like really having a go at the the match officials, and the camera just happens to be on him, and Jacob Murphy's in the shot at the same time, and Murphy's like. Giving him, I don't know how best to describe it. You, you guys are Side do. eye, yeah, just being like, yeah, giving him a side eye. Was like, I think he's just here for the the, the memes.
0: I think that's yeah. what his, his place in the squad is meme. Well, it's often referenced that, I mean, they're both in the starting lineup. In Sean Longstaff and Dan Byrne, we have uh, two Geordies who grew up supporting Newcastle, but Jacob Murphy. Has been supporting Newcastle since he was a child as well. So, yeah, yeah.
2: My dad knows their mum
0: really. Yeah. Well, let's get her on the podcast.
2: <laughs> I think we'd have more fun with my dad, but sure, I can ask him.
0: Okay. So uh, let's talk about this. Let me find the tweet. And um, Sport and Stuff uh, tweeted. Assuming we get Gordon, this is a reference to Anthony Gordon. At the time of recording, the transfer has not gone through, but uh, all reports suggest that it's not just speculation, there is actual, there is a deal being negotiated. Assuming we get Gordon, when did we last make a big money signing that was so universally unpopular with the fan base at the time of signing? Is it as far back as Bellamy? I mean, there's a couple of assumptions there, but it is true. I don't know if it's universal, but it is true that that it's not a popular signing with the entire fan base, is it, Dave? No.
2: I mean, he is a horrible player to, like, as an opposition fan, he's a horrible player to see on the other team because he does go to de- does go to ground easy he's a niggly little shit house he's up in people's faces he's he's a pest he, he's constantly like on your your back line. he's he's a prick by all like on the pitch he's a prick so i get why fans don't want him my my concern is more about his output like what does he actually do on the pitch other than wind people up and and put in defensive um actions because uh, he doesn't do a lot he doesn't score he doesn't create his passing is shocking like his passing success rate right, is it's like less than 50% and more more than half of his passes go astray um and like i say he doesn't doesn't create many goals and he doesn't score many this could be because he's an Everton team under frank lampard could be
1: I think he doesn't get the- assists, but he creates goal-scoring situations in a way. I think the main reason we seem to be after him is his pressing ability and his yeah. energy. I think that is that's the bit where you can sort of see the working of why Eddie Howe wants him.
2: Yeah, I mean, essentially, in my in my eyes, he is Almiron for the left flank. Mm. And Almiron's uptick in goal scoring and creativity and all the rest of it under Eddie Howe is remarkable. So maybe Eddie Howe and Dan Ashworth and the rest of them see that, look, here's a guy who can do it. He's just being used in the wrong way. Bring him here, get him playing in our system. And he will not only continue to do that, like like the, his work rate is un, un, unmatched. I think he's in like the 96 and above percentile for tackles, interceptions, uh, tackles in their defensive uh, third, all of this, he is up and down the whole end of the pitch, all 90 minutes. If they can add goals, scored or assists to his game, yeah, he's a fucking player.
0: I freely admit that I, I've got no idea how it's going to go, assuming we sign him. He, in many ways, is an unknown quantity. But to me, it makes total sense. I was, I mean, we are at the moment house United. So yeah. he suits our mentality perfectly. He's the most Newcastle United player in the league <laughs> yeah. at the moment.
1: We like defensive forwards and shithouses and the man's a human wasp. Yeah. <laughs> it just works.
0: He is also uh, one of the fastest players in the league, mm-hmm. which I hadn't uh, appreciated. He's very fast. Um, I think he's. He, there's been like because of that shit house there has been, and and because of that haircut, probably. And I think there's, there's a, there's a sort of, uh, inbuilt, perhaps self-hating, prejudice to, young, white English players who look like they come, who look sort of like scallies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Jack Grealish always got a bit of that early in his career.
1: I
2: Hmm. I, I I understand that. that.
0: People sort of... It's hard to glamorise them because they remind you of people that you went to school with. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But I think that there's a a yes in terms of goals and assists, his, his stats thus far... Are uh, uh, not breaking any records, but I think, in terms of like a deeper sort of assessment of him, there's obviously a lot that he's doing that is uh that is getting. We're not the only club who's been interested in him, and there's yeah. a reason for that. And Everton have been terrible, but he is, has been by far. The their most creative player I think there's
1: plenty of players whose numbers have dried up at Frank Lampard's Everton I don't think and he's reading earlier today I think it was in the athletic saying how his levels haven't dropped at all for England under twenty ones this season he's still been performing really well for them
2: well the latest I saw is um report from uh, the Telegraph is that Everton are reluctantly Dropping their asking price to 40 million, including add-ons. Um, the, the consensus is that he's like Anthony Gordon's in favour of the move. He's already put in a transfer request, and he's he's. I mean, one little bit of concern is that he did miss training by uh, like with consent from his club for one day. But he's apparently missed two days worth of training against the wishes of the club. And that doesn't speak to a great deal of professionalism, but then that could just be because he's, you know, he's fishing for a move.
1: And yeah. Because
0: we're asking him to, to do it. It could be, yeah. I think
1: that happens. It, I don't, do you remember a similar thing with Everton as well? I don't know if he downed tools to the same extent, but Gary Speed. Everton fell out with in a big mm. way as he was trying to engineer his move to Newcastle. We yeah. had it with Kabai, we had it with Ben Arthur when they both wanted to come here, both effectively went on strike. Yeah. I think he's you, you that, don't uh, like it when it's your own player doing it, like Kabai did on his way
0: out. <laughs> he's at that stage of his career where um he he probably is you could make an argument that he is a 40 million player, but it's it's potential. You could go either way, right? You could be a Ross Barkley or an Andy Carroll. Jack who, Rodwell. Jack Rodwell. Yeah. All of whom at the time, it could have gone the other way. You know, it's the same as Raheem Sterling. That worked out. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That went the other way.
1: I think the difference of Andy Carroll, though, is if he signs for us, he's going to be coached by Eddie Howe and our coaching team. He's not going to be under Kenny Dalgleish. I've sort of got more I've got more faith in our coaching setup and our scouting setup, just yeah. ba- based on results from what we've seen. If they can turn like Joel Linton wasn't a 40 million pound player when Eddie Howe came in, he is now.
2: Yeah. I mean, all of my reluctance has to come with the the, the get out of free card that I'm gonna play, which is but if Eddie Eddie Howe and the rest of them if they think he's worth it if they're happy to pay 40 million quid for him fucking fine and also if it contributes to Everton going down then I'll I'll yeah. chip in as well
0: Uh one thing that's perhaps worth noting is that Steve Nixon is still there at Newcastle United mm-hmm. as head of scouting right he's quite so, highly rated inside the club that's what they say and it and he would presumably was involved with the signing of Joe Linton, which for two or three years was a disaster. But he, they saw a player in Joe Linton who had, maybe he's been proved right with Joe Linton and, and Steve Bruce has been proved
1: well, I think the tricky thing with anyone scouting under Mike Ashley is you're not being judged on who you think the best players are. You're being judged on your fifth or sixth choice, like, down the list. Yeah. You're being judged on Hossley coming in. You're not being judged on Abameyang who you probably wanted at the time when he was...
2: Or Modric. Yeah. Or- yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So, what shall I talk about next? Our next game is the second leg because we're not playing this weekend nope so we've got a a 1-0 lead mm-hmm we've basically stopped conceding goals that's just not part of football anymore for us
1: <laughs> <laughs> even when we do we don't like the yeah. Armstrong one or well, the Mitrovic penalty
0: yeah <laughs> <It's bizarre. laughs> 10 games for Nick Pope, that is a long time. There are um, some cup games included on in that because for a minute, I thought he was bearing down on, um, I think it was Edwin van der Sar who's got the record for the the most games in the Premier League without considering a goal. It's 14. So uh, Nick Pope's a long way off that. I think he's on seven mm. in the Premier League. But it, it uh, yeah, let's, look, look, it's, it's, We've talked a lot about the defence as a whole. And in a lot of those games, Nick Pope hasn't had a lot of saves to make, but he did make a couple of amazing saves against Southampton, didn't he? He has been some signing.
1: Only I think the, the key with him as well is just how quick he is off his line at closing things down. So even like the uh what's his name? The Scottish forward for Southampton. Che Adams. che Adams. That would have that was still a good chance. But if it wasn't for Nick Pope, his chance of scoring is much higher but because he's so quick at cutting the angle down and so good with his feet you just you know as soon as you're one on one with him you've got less of the goal to aim at already, and you know you really have to slot it into the corner it must change the way you think when you're one on one with him
2: yeah in the same way that it will give the defense and the 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 rest of the team huge amount of confidence that they've got. Nick Pope behind them, it will give the opposition attackers like a little pause. Like, th- this guy hasn't conceded in fucking years, so how am I going to get past it? Like, certainly with Shea Adams, he never looked confident when he w- when he went through. He, he never looked like...
0: Uh, I don't think as a footballer in that moment you're thinking about the stats of the keeper. No, 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 no. you were thinking you about think like- how well... How good the other keeper
1: is, or what sort of yeah. form they're in. I think he would. Yeah. Like, you think in the build up to that game, you're not you're not finding out who these players are on the day.
0: No. Maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you think. But it's, it's the same, you've same as le- like... you've not reached like Peter Schmeichel levels of reputation.
2: No, but I think if you're in the Premier League, you know that Nick Pope. Has is in in, incredible form and the Newcastle back line's in incredible form. So when you're up against them, even when you do get a chance, you'll still be, especially a chance where you're like one-on-one. Anyway, the point is, he hasn't conceded in in years. And the thing that gets me is that he'll have nothing to do for the majority of the game. And then suddenly he's called upon to pull out a world-class save or like a top-class save. And he does it. His concentration levels are unparalleled. If
1: I had as little to do as Nick Pope, when those chances finally do come through, there is no way I wouldn't be on my phone. (laughs) I miss it entirely.
0: (laughs) So is there any point doing a prediction for the second leg, considering we all know it's going to be 1-0?
2: I don't think it will. I think we're going to um, put a couple past them. I think that Isaac will start I, I genuinely do and I think that because Southampton have to come out and and attack they have to if they want to get anything from the game um I think that'll give isaac a lot more opportunities to get in behind them and if we start St maximum again I think he's much bigger threat than joe willick or joe linton on that left wing side so I reckon we're going to win
0: by two or three comfortably. I think We'll win one nil. And it is, it is <laughs> that's just what we do, don't no, it? And it and although we all assume and all think that uh Sir Maximum and certainly Isak should start, maybe how will just be like, Well, if it ain't got, broke, we've got yeah, a one 0 yeah. lead. If we don't concede, we're through. I'm sticking with it. I can,
1: I can understand it. not starting St. Maximin because you sort of think yeah. you're making the team a bit more vulnerable in a game where we don't have to be going after them. Yeah, but I think Isaac seems like a no-brainer to come in. He looks like he's getting it sharper. Affect, it doesn't affect you defensively. Yeah, and he'll have had a any, whole week of training.
2: And he probably contributes more to the my defensive side of the yeah. game than Wilson
0: does. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'd like to see it. So, I mean, it's...
1: I think it's going to be a tighter game than you two think. Like, Southampton showed in the first leg, they looked capable of scoring against us. And when you've got Ward-Prowse, there's a lot of... Like, if they score first, it could kill the stadium.
0: I think you might be right, Paul. You make a good case. I mean, so cocky. I've, I mean, I've literally written in the family diary, of have written the League Cup final so that it's booked ahead in my girlfriend's mind that.
1: Yeah. I don't think any of us are mentally prepared for not winning that game.
2: What, the Southampton game?
1: Mm. Well, not getting to the final.
2: No. So let's, I, I, yeah. Let's
0: tempt fate by talking ahead to the finals. Let's just do it. Yeah, Okay. It because you know we have to. We don't have to. So I'm spoiling. I want to, but I want to. Um. Firstly, how are we going to get tickets? Because I want tickets. Can you get me tickets, please? Somebody get me tickets. If you, if you are a benevolently minded billionaire and a Newcastle Natter listener, please. Do get in touch and get us tickets. I'm thinking the route to getting tickets for us. There's 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 an allocation of thirty three thousand, I think, per club, which is absurd because it's a ninety thousand seat stadium, which mm-hmm. tells you that there are nearly thirty thousand tickets available to ant and deck. And their friends. I I think we need to go down the hospitality route. We need to get in with, I don't know, someone from a celebrity, the circles that we operate in in entertainment. We need to meet a CEO CEO of like McCain oven chips or just (laughs) someone who's got a box. Or we get stewarding jobs. Or get stewarding jobs. Or parachute in.
1: (laughs) We could could turn up uh, naked gun style to sing the National Anthem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to... I will not suck more than five cocks for a ticket, but I will stop at five. It's my limit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I said on the last podcast, I think I said that you'd have to say... Against Man United, we would be underdogs. I seem to remember you guys maybe questioning that. Right now, that we've had a couple of games since then. Man United, Arsenal aside, Man United are the form team in the league Mm. right
1: now. Yeah. Although in between now and the final, Man U have got twice as many games to play. Yeah. And they'd have Barcelona. Three days before it, or four days yeah, before.
2: Three, three, and they've got two games against Leeds, which is um, historically full of piss and vinegar. Um, they've got the Liverpool game just after. Um, but the point is, they've got eight games when we've got four.
0: I eight think games. That- so. That's a long time for to give Rashford a chance to tail off. If he can tail off Almiron style. That would be great because at the moment he's or an injury or an injury or a fantastic like
2: not nothing serious <laughs> just, just something that maybe keeps him out from a, bit. a like comedy injury
0: like drop something cold. on his toe yes <laughs> so maybe we can get him wrapped up in some kind of dis- political dispute <laughs> not <constantly laughs> I'm willing get him on the football get him to do some interviews on BBC Breakfast <laughs> <laughs> Dave <laughs> are you
1: willing to be a honey trap for Marcus Rashford. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: like forget about this season. I would do it anytime.
1: You're gonna to have to wear a wire and you're gonna to have to put out.
0: I have zero morals. We need to get Marcus Rashford into the climate change issue. To- <laughs> Can we
2: get him gluing himself to some old painting?
0: Yeah, something like that. Let's get let's it's operation get Rashford into extinction rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> it's a catchy that, title. That, that is our route to winning our first domestic trophy since 1955. That's our That's our best course of action. I don't I
1: think if we do get through to the final, obviously it will be very nervy. but I think in terms of important cup games we've had in our recent history, while we've been alive, doesn't feel like we won't be able to go toe to toe with them in a way that we haven't in those other games.
2: Yeah, for for all like Manu put three past Nottingham Forest last night as we record it. Um, Forest created chances, had good number of chances to score against uh, against Manu, and the goals that Manu scored one was you know brilliant by by Rashford, but I don't think I don't think it was like. They didn't hammer them. They've got another leg to go and you'd expect them to, to get past Nottingham Forest. But I don't think Man U are um, the the behemoth that we faced in the 90s. I don't think they are. And I think we are fucking George Graham's arsenal. We will grind out. We will shit out our way to a 1-0 win. I'm... I'm I'm not saying we're going to win the League Cup this season.
1: Oh, you're I'm about.
2: Just, I'm just so fucking close to it. I just think. I think as well, to...
1: If it goes go to on. penalties, we've got Nick Pope. He doesn't concede. He only concedes goals that he doesn't concede.
2: Yeah,
0: okay. they'll have I just... to
2: retake everyone.
0: Yeah. I, considering we're not even in the final yet, I just I like, <laughs> just like to apologise <laughs> to everyone on behalf of all three of us. Astonishingly stuck in it. For Newcastle united <laughs> with this but, you, know,
2: well, you can I just all all of the mates of mine that support other clubs are talking about how both Man U and Newcastle are going to fare in the final. Everybody, that's what. everybody oh, of
0: course, does. Of, of course. You know, that's because we don't concede anyone goals. In the club. Is anyone in the country talking about anything but the League Cup final? (laughs) (laughs) But then
1: your friends are going to be the first thing on the Southampton dressing room wall.
2: I I think it'll be Jacob Murphy. He'll be... Yeah, that's (laughs)
1: true. I think we'll bring him on just to be chased for the last 10 minutes to
0: run the clock down. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. But speaking of the... Well, this is... One yeah, day. I just want okay.
2: to, very, very quickly, even if we don't finish fourth and don't win the, the League Cup, which it's it's more than likely, doesn't fucking matter because next season we will be stronger still. And we this is an inevitable march to um, regularly competing for honours. This is not like, it's not like under Pardew or something where it's like, holy shit, this is a one-off. How did this happen? This is... This is the progress. This is the trajectory we're on.
0: We'll see. We'll see. I mean, hopefully, I'd like to believe it. Uh, I I, I lean towards believing it. But there are other clubs in the past 10, 20 years in the Premier League who have uh, seemed as if they are heading towards such things and it has not come about. So um, let's hope that it does for us. But uh, the Zoom meeting is uh, counting down towards an end, which means this podcast is too. So thank you very much. Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you, Dave Watson. Cheers. Thank you to you, the Newcastle NASA listener, and uh, w- we'll be back with another podcast, I assume, after the second leg.
1: Goodbye.: Sports Social Podcast Network.